0: Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please send us an email and let us know at impact at Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at jfc.org. Click on the Give link and help us bring messages just like this one to you every week. Today's message is from our series, In God We Trust. In this series, we will discover the blessings of God when we align our hearts with His. Well, hello. I am so glad that you've decided to join us this weekend, whether you're at Lone Tree, Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, Lakewood. Maybe you're watching uh, via the internet. We are just so glad that you're here, and I have one question for you. Are you ready to hear a word from the Lord? Yes. Okay, that's good. Uh, before I get started, Pastor Chris asked me to do one more plug for the Ladies' Garden event. This is the last weekend, ladies, and she wanted to make sure that I cleared up. Uh, this is for everybody. It's not just for moms and daughters, uh, but it is for anyone that is female at all of our campuses. Right? It's going to be very colorful, lighthearted, and just a great time. And yeah, we are going to uh, celebrate our moms, but it's also a great opportunity for you ladies to have a time to fellowship. It's only $10, and so make sure you stop out at our info center and pick up your ticket, okay? Uh, whether you're... At- at Lone Tree, Castle Rock, Ranch, or Enter Lakewood. Make sure you grab one of those tickets. All right, well, um, it is an honor and privilege to be with you today, and I'm really excited about this message. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, there's a lot of, um, I don't know if it's nervousness or maybe it's just uh, angst in my heart because I think God has a word uh, for every single person, and even in studying this out, man, I learned so much um, about what it is in regards to tithes and offerings. And so let's just open with a quick word of prayer. I'm gonna ask that God would communicate his heart through me. When I'm praying that, I pray that uh, you would pray that God would communicate his heart to you, all right? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we take a moment of time right now just to recognize that your presence is in every single one of our locations. And God, I pray that by your presence that you would begin to speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, I decrease myself and I uh, come to you and ask that you would increase in me and that you would use me to communicate your heart and your word and your principle. God, give us a deeper understanding. Give us a revelation of the principles that you set in your word that would ultimately bless our lives. And so, Lord, as I communicate these words, I pray that they would penetrate and go out into every single person listening and that it would change their hearts. And God, it would would set them free maybe in different areas of their lives. And Lord, we thank you for the power that comes when your Holy Spirit begins to move and begins to speak to each one of us. We pray these things in your name. And everybody said... Amen. Well, um, we are in a series called In God We Trust. This is week four. And as I said, it's an honor and privilege to stand before you today. And um, Pastor John, if you haven't, Heard the first three messages, I encourage you to do so. Pastor uh, John started us off week one, and he really talked about how when it comes to finances, it's all about our heart. And that was a tremendously powerful message. Pastor DJ did week two where he talked about two different kingdoms there's the kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of the enemy. And man, you have to make a decision and a choice on which kingdom you're going to follow. And I found that that was uh, one of Pastor DJ's best messages I've heard, at least for me personally. And then last week, Pastor John did a message on generosity that I thought was absolutely tremendous. Not only was it a powerful word, um, but his transparency just opened my heart, and and what an incredible message. But one of the things that he said in that message was this, that um, before you can give and give in an extravagant way, he said there's three aspects to it. You have to understand the tithe. And that will open up your ability to give offerings, which then will open up the ability to give extravagant offerings. And so I get the opportunity to actually come to you and talk to you about Tithe this weekend. Are you guys excited? (laughs) Yeah, that that was a little less excited than earlier when I said how everybody was doing. I I know the people at uh, Lakewood and Highland Jones Castle Rock are super excited. They they were screaming. We can hear you guys over here. and so I just poured into the scripture and I, and I read tons of uh, verses. I'm not gonna share all of them with you, uh, but here's what I came up with. I have four biblical truths about tithes. You know, every single weekend, uh, your campus pastor gets up in front of you and says something to the effect of this. Hey, um, we don't pass a plate or a bucket, but we have boxes on the, on the exit walls and in the foyer, um, and, but we're gonna pray for our tithes and offerings. And church, I want you to know that there's a purpose for saying and separating the two things. Okay, we're not just up here saying tithes and offerings. We're actually separating them because the Bible actually separates them. And so I'm hoping that maybe I'll open some minds and open some hearts to the difference and help everybody understand that when it comes to our finances, God has certain principles that um, from the beginning of time, uh, from Cain and Abel... I'm not gonna go into all that, but from Cain and Abel, you can see it in the Bible all the way through to the book of Revelations. And so I've got four biblical truths about tithe that I wanna draw to your attention. I'm gonna start by reading Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 and verse 32, and it says this. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy, holy. To the Lord, every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rods will be holy to the Lord. In all of these scriptures, I'm gonna uh, the word the tithe is gonna come out. And so, number one, I want you to understand four biblical truths about the word tithe. Word tithe number one means ten percent. It means a tenth. And that's it for number one. Got it? Okay, good. All right. Number two. The header in your notes says this. It belongs to the Lord. And then I added, and you might want to write in on your notes, and it goes to his house. I'm going to read the scripture out of Malachi. Malachi. says this, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees, and you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Now, this is important, church, because um, at the very beginning, it says that God does not change. And there are times, I don't know uh, about you, but for me, there are times in my life where... There are certain areas where I've turned away from the Lord and God through his Holy Spirit will remind me of where I made that turn and he'll bring me back. And in this case, as he's writing, uh, Malachi's writing, he actually is going, he, the people ask, how are we to return? And he says this, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. How are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings directly correlated to turning away from God. And the thing that I want to point out, the second biblical truth about tithe is this. Your tithe belongs to the Lord. No overwhelming amen there. Because we are living in a society, and we live in a world in which we work very hard, we work diligently for our income and our things, and it's amazing because when we get that, we automatically go, this is mine. And I know Pastor John talked about, we don't have to, you know, you go to any nine-month, one, two-year-old kid, mine. The word starts coming out, it becomes, and that's the world that we live in. We work very hard, and we automatically assume that, it is mine. But the Bible teaches, the Bible teaches that it belongs to the Lord. And in particular, with the tithe, that is actually set apart as His. And if you look through the different scriptures, and I encourage you, go home this week and test me in this. See if what I'm saying is true and right. But go through the scriptures in the Old Testament and see where the tithe was brought. In Malachi, it says, it was brought to my house. It was brought to my house. All right, I felt like the Lord gave me a good illustration of, of the fact that yeah, it is it is His. If I were to ask any one of you, hey, would you do me a quick favor? Would you run home to my house? Um, in my from previous messages, you know this. Uh, my car's sitting in the driveway, and the keys are in it. <laughs> and uh, so, would you jump into my car, and would you bring that to the church for me, um, so that when I get done, I, I can drive home. And you with all graciousness, would go, absolutely, I would love to do that. And you would have somebody take you over to my house, jump in my car, and you would pull it to me, and you would uh, take the keys out of the car, and you would come find me in the foyer, and you would dangle my keys, and you would say, I have brought you your car. I have brought you your car. None of you would say, I'm giving you your car. We have even made the mistake as a church, I was listening, um, when we say we're gonna give, we're gonna pray for our tithes and offerings and then we pray and we say, and Lord, as we give our tithes and offerings, it's not about giving. It's about bringing. It should be bringing our tithes and giving our offerings. It's about bringing our tithe because it belongs to him. It belongs to him. Now, I'm going to stop real quick. If this message is upsetting you, God is speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you because this is an important principle that he wants you to understand. It unlocks the key. I'm going to show you a little bit later. It unlocks the key to blessings in your life. And I'm not talking just financial blessings, though those happen, but we're talking blessings. It unlocks the keys to blessings to Come over into your life. How many of you want blessings? Oh, good, about half of us here at Lone Tree. I know <laughs> other campuses, they, they, they were all, all hands were up there, right? Okay, all right. All right, four biblical truths about tithe. One, it's 10%. Number two, it belongs to the Lord. Number three, it comes first. Leviticus twenty. Uh, Twenty-seven, verse twenty-six says this: No one, however, may dedicate the firstborn of an animal, since the firstborn already—repeat this with me—belongs to, to the Lord. Okay, so goes back to point number two, doesn't it? Uh, in the fact that it belongs to the Lord. But I want you to bring out here: It's the firstborn of an animal. All right, um, I put several other scriptures that talk about the first in regards to your tithes, okay? Um, in this particular one, here's what I like about this. No one, however, may dedicate the firstborn of an animal. It is actually talking about people who want to honor and want to bless God. And right before it, it says, you may dedicate your land. And it talks about the year of Jubilee and uh, that, uh, you know, You'll get it back after the jubilee and all those things. But because of your heart for the Lord and the fact that you want to bless the Lord, you can actually dedicate the land. And then it goes and says this. No one, however, may dedicate the firstborn of an animal. Why can't you dedicate that firstborn? Because it's yours, right? Oh, you're learning. All right, it's good. No, we can't dedicate it because the firstborn already belongs to the Lord. I felt like the Lord wanted me to say this to you. Every time that you get a paycheck, you have a test come your way. And the test is this who are you going to make first? Who are you going to make first? I believe that you are listening to me right now because there is some part of you. Something in your heart that says, I want to make God first, but it's very interesting to me that when it comes to church finances or your finances, um, it's hard to make God first in that area, isn't it? And so you get that paycheck and we all make a decision. We all put our answer down on that test. And some people, it's their cable bill. For some people, it's their electric bill. Some people, it's their mortgage some people, it's their car payment. Whatever you write out first, you just put first. Church, I hear all of the time when it comes to um, bringing our tithes to God, I, I hear this. Well, you know what? And this is the direct quote. I would give my tithe if I just had enough to do it. But it comes First. What the Bible says over and over and over. Look up those scriptures. It comes first. It's ten percent. It belongs to God. It goes to His house, and it comes first. The fourth principle that I want to bring to your attention is that it is holy to the Lord. We've already seen that in a few other scriptures, but I want to read a couple more. Leviticus twenty-seven verse twenty-eight says this: "But nothing that a person owns and devotes to the Lord." Whether a human being or an animal or family land may be sold or redeemed, everything so devoted is most holy to the Lord. Verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Church, I want you to understand something. They had a monetary system. They had coins and and shekels and and, and all of that, but it wasn't necessarily the primary way uh, of operating. They operated uh, in a lot of bartering, back and forth. They would, um, you know, give livestock for food or to give food for livestock or trade back and forth. There was a lot of that going on. And so when it says here, tithe from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit, it's talking about uh, your income maker, the thing that brings you the ability to go and buy or barter whatever you need. Okay. And it says this, the tithe of those things is holy to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. Now, um, we understand uh, this word holy, or at least I, I believe you, you understand it. Maybe, let me, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to actually go into this a little bit. The word holy, it means to be set apart. You'll understand it perfectly when I say that we call marriage holy matrimony. I entered into holy matrimony with my wife, and this relationship became set apart from any other relationship, didn't it? And that is exactly what God is saying in regards to the tithe. Will you make it holy? Will you set it apart? I'm going to talk a little bit more about this near the end of the message, but I want you to get the understanding that your tithe is holy. It should be set apart. So let me go back over those four biblical truths real quick for you. Number one, it's a tenth, or it means 10%. It belongs to God. It comes first, and it is holy to the Lord. Now, there is much controversy in regards to tithe when it comes to the Old Testament versus the New Testament, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to be completely uh, open and honest with you, uh, the teaching team, I've got people on both sides of the argument in regards to, are we subject to the tithe In now that we are under the New Testament because of the grace and what Jesus did on the cross? And here's what's interesting to me. Um, uh, <laughs> I never have anybody come to me and argue this so they can give more than 10%. (laughs) But I will acknowledge this. There is an argument about it. And it's not only in our teaching team. I mean, even before I got up this weekend to give this message, um, a couple of our teaching team members got into the whole argument of that. And I was like, "Uh, guys, this isn't helping me at all. But I told them, no, it's helping me. Thank you very much. No. Uh, I got online. I was doing all kinds of research. And there's a huge, man, just look it up. You'll see one person write out biblical scripture after scripture and say, okay, this is, man, hey, we are bound to this. And then the next person will write using scripture after scripture. And they'll say, well, see, no, we're not bound to that 10%. Um, and so I don't have time to go into the whole argument of that, but here's, uh, what I felt like the Lord wanted me to communicate in regards to Old Testament versus uh, New Testament. Um, either way, whether you line up with the 10 percent is that or not, in regards to the four biblical truths I just shared with you, the other three run all the way through the Word of God. It belongs to God, or it belongs to God, it comes first, and it is holy. Let me read a scripture in First Corinthians. It's found in chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, and it says this. Now, about the collection for the Lord's people. About the collection for the Lord's people. Well, we're taking up tithes and offerings here, yes? Do what I told the Galatian churches to do on the first day of every week. There's the first part. Each one of you should set aside, making holy. A sum of money in keeping with your income. Saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. This verse clearly says here that we need to take what belongs to God at the beginning of the week. We need to set it aside. And in this case, they had the the opportunity when Paul came to bring it then to him and present it to him at that point. It's something that has run all the way through. Why do I bring that up? Because I want you to understand that the Lord thinks this is important and he ran it all the way through and as in Malachi, he does not change. There is a portion of the money that you and I make that belongs to God and we need to set that apart the very first thing that we do. And when we do that, and when we make that holy, it unleashes the blessings in our life that can come. What would happen if we actually took this principle and we actually applied it into our lives. Let me talk on an individual basis. Here's what happens. When you take what God tells us to set apart and make it holy and you set apart and make it holy, you make it out of the first and you bring it to God, it opens the floodgates for God then to come and bless your home, your house, your life, and everything that you put your hands to it. I I tell people uh, a lot of times, it's like an umbrella, okay? And under this umbrella are the blessings of God, and they just shower down and shower down and shower down. And when we set that um, amount aside, and we recognize and we acknowledge that, okay, it's yours, Lord, we're setting it on. We put ourselves in the center of that umbrella, and it can pour down and can pour down and pour down. But the second we step outside of that umbrella, guess what? God didn't stop blessing. You just stepped outside of it. And I hear all the time, man, if God would just bless me, then I would be able to start tithing. What they're saying is, can't God just move his umbrella over me? And then I'll do that. And the truth is, like Pastor John said, if you don't get this, you won't get the offerings, and you won't get the extravagant offerings because it is a principle. It is something that you live out in your life on a day-to-day basis. Look at what happens in Malachi when they actually open their hearts to the tithe. At the very end of this, it says this, test me in this. The Lord is so confident about this church that he's willing to say, test me in this. Maybe that's for somebody listening to me right now. Maybe God is saying, test me. Try me out in this. If you don't like what Pastor Dan is saying, test me. Try me out on this. So test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. But Pastor Dan, you, don't, you just don't understand how much debt I have, and you don't understand the, the burden of the financial situations in my life. Um, you know what? Let me go back to that holy thing. See, I'm married. I have a holy matrimony relationship with my wife. What happens if I don't make that holy anymore, and I step out and have relations with another woman? Death. Death. Literally, she just said, (laughs) death. Yes? But yet we take our holy set apart tithe and we mix it in with the common all the time. And when we, when we don't set that aside and we mix it in with our electric bill and our utility bill and all cable bill, car bill, uh, our food and all of that stuff, when we make it just another bill, what happens is it becomes mixed in with the common and death takes place in our finances. I know for a fact there are several listening to me right now that would say, I feel like there's death in my finances. I'm gonna ask you to test God in this. But Pastor Dan, I don't have the money to do it. Test him in this. You know, in the middle of that argument between Old Testament and New Testament and all of that, here's what I felt the Lord really showed me. Do you know in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, so they they needed to be told what to give, and so the law laid out, here's what you do, but when Jesus died, um, he rose again, breathed on the disciples, and then said, It is better that I, well right before that, he says, better that I go because you're going to receive this gift. What was the gift? It was the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us that call upon the name of Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you on that amount that should be set apart holy that belongs to Him. And if you go, well, Pastor Dan, I, I you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if God's going to speak to me a number. Well, you know what the Bible says? 10%. Well, Pastor Dan, what if, what if God says 5%? Test him in this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust your pastor to say, you know what? I believe you have a walking, talking relationship with the Lord and if you feel with all your heart and with all integrity that God said, this set apart holy amount for right now in your life is five percent, then test him in that and do it. Because here's what I believe, that when we hear from the heart of the Lord and we do what he tells us to do, we step back under that umbrella. We step back under that umbrella. You know, there's two testimonies that I hear a majority of the time. This isn't exclusive, but a majority of the time, there's two testimonies I hear when it comes to talking about tithes. Number one, I tithe from the first of my income. I set it apart holy. I bring it to the Lord, and I can't tell you of the many blessings that have come into my life. You know, for me personally, here's how this played out. Um, I lived in a Catholic... Catholic background, uh, high church, Uh, got out of that as soon as I graduated high school, kind of was just wandering. God got a hold of my heart, but some of the things of the world didn't really go away with that. And so uh, I ended up getting married uh, to my wife. We moved to South Carolina to start youth ministry, and I struggled with the issue of tithe. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me at one point and said, you've got to do this. You have to set this aside. You have to make this holy. And so my wife and I had a conversation, and we decided this is what we're going to do. And we were barely making it. Church, we were living paycheck by paycheck, if I could call it that good, (laughs) if you know what I mean. And I remember one particular time where we set aside the the amount, we brought it, we gave it to the Lord, and then we went, "Uh uh-oh, there's nothing left. If we go to the grocery store right now, we are going to bounce checks. And we're talking about how are we going to do this, how are we going to do this, as we pulled around into our cul-de-sac and find our garage door lined with groceries, But another experience, moved back here. I'm volunteering at the church. I'm working at the Great Indoors, which was a Sears store. I was the plumbing department assistant manager. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've got two kids, a rent payment, and I'm making $10, and God quickly got me to $14 an hour. God, you know what? just even thinking about this. Do you know I went from being hired to an assistant manager of that plumbing department in less than 30 days. How does that happen? You set it aside. And you watch God go, let me throw the doors open. But we're having a staff meeting one day and I get a phone call from a neighbor. I'll never forget this phone call. Here's what the neighbor said. "Um, Hey, Dan, uh, your trampoline just went three houses down and into their living room window. I'll be right home. Drive, we lived out in Roxborough at the time. Drive, sure enough, the wind had caught it. It blew it literally three houses down and it went right through their big bay window. So we have to call somebody out emergency to you know, put some emergency glass in there. Um, and they do it. And uh, the bill came in roughly around $500 and came in like, man, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna call the insurance? Uh, you know, there's a deductible there. I, I don't know what it's gonna be. Man, why? And the very next day, we get this letter with the check, it wasn't the exact same amount, but it was right around $500, and it said, the Lord told us to give this to you. These are just a couple experiences I have. That's one of the testimonies I hear. You know what the other testimony I hear is? Well, I just don't make, make enough money to tithe. And there's always an excuse on why they don't tithe. Church, I've seen this play out in my life The Lord himself says it. I want to challenge you. If you find yourself in that second testimony, test God in this. Test God in this. I did a, um, I went on the census information for each of our communities, Lone Tree, Castle Rock, Hollins Ranch, Lakewood, and I just looked at what the average medium income per person was in each one of these areas. And I don't wanna go into all the details, but here's the bottom line. Just based on the averages from the census, if the church would tithe, we would find ourselves in a position where we would have a very difficult time figuring out what are we gonna do with all of this resource. But statistics say that somewhere between 8 and 10% actually give 10%, and then only somewhere between 25 and 33 actually even think and give a regular tithe, which would be less than 10% in that. If you want to find out more information about what what the Bible says about finances, which I hope everyone wants to find out more information. We have a gentleman in our church, his name is Dave Hill. Um, He actually wrote a book uh, called The Pipeline. Um, And he teaches a four week class that's gonna start this Tuesday at the Highlands Ranch campus. And if you are struggling in your finances, I would strongly encourage you to go and find out and hear from the word of God, what God says about your finances. Because here's what I know, church, when we give our finances over to the Lord, when we make him first, he begins to do the supernatural. Because when you set that whatever he tells you amount apart and set it aside and make it holy, here's what that enables him to do. It enables him to then come in and begin to do the supernatural in your life. I think that in part, we have so uh, leaned so much on the on, on this side of not teaching about finances that a lot of people are biblically illiterate when it comes to what the Bible says about finances. Man, educate yourself about what the Lord says about your money. You will be amazed at how much the Bible actually speaks about your finances. Why is that? I believe with all of my heart. It's because God knew. As Pastor DJ taught, there's two kingdoms. And the kingdom of the world operates in the spirit of mammon and it wants to control every single one of us. And I think God knew that and put a ton of stuff about finances and the enemy wants to hinder our growth by trying to keep us literate when it comes to those things. So I'm gonna close with prayer. I'm just gonna pray that God would speak to each one of you individually. Because if you, again, have called upon the name of the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And so let's just ask him to speak to every single one of us. So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And God, we lift up uh, this idea uh, of the amount that is holy, that should be set apart at the first of the week, that is yours. And God, I pray for every single person listening to me right now, that by your Holy Spirit, that you would begin to speak that life into them. Give them an excitement about the things that you want to accomplish and the things that you want to do in their lives if they would become obedient to doing the thing that you have put in the word of God for us to do. You've given us an instruction manual in the Bible and in that, God, so many areas of our lives, we we are obedient to that. Help this to be one of those areas that we obey you in as well. Speak it to us in that personal walking, talking relationship that each one of us has. And Lord, we thank you for your spirit and the fact that you do speak to us individually and that you do have an exact set amount for every single one of us that you want us to make holy unto you. And Lord, I pray that as we do that, you would do the supernatural in the families' lives of this church. And God, as you do that, that the generosity of offerings and the generosity of extravagant offerings would be unleashed in this place, that it, our communities would be rocked because of your faithfulness and obedience of your people. God, we do all of this to bring you honor, glory, and praise. And we praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Mr. Dan.